Well, I'm going to be continuing our series this morning on fruitfulness and particularly the, the element of being fruitful in our prayers. Because I know it's a, it is a, a big question a lot of people have um, and I'm not going to try and explain the answers to everything because I don't think it's always adequate. But a big question a lot of people have is, is uh, this thing about unanswered prayer. But I want to speak to you this morning about prayer and, and, and uh, continue on the, the issue about being fruitful in our prayers. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it tells us this, that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So that's the, the launching pad for my ministry this morning. That's not my, my notes up there. But there are certain conversations that you can only have in private. There's, sometimes you, you need to have conversations with others that, that aren't meant to be out there for everyone to hear. I think one of the dangers we have in life today is this little thing called the, the, the internet and, and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all these things because some things that people put out there should only be spoken in private and, and it complicates life dramatically when we don't know the boundaries of what's appropriate to put out there for everybody to discuss or what's just personal with someone who knows you well. So when talking with, uh, with others about something serious or something delicate, you need this little thing called privacy or confidentiality. Um, confidentiality is a strong word, but often um, it's broken in our life and it can be difficult to find people who can keep a matter confidential. And you know what? When you say to someone, hey, I've got to tell you something, but keep it confidential, you know they're going to tell someone. They always do. You know, it's like, I can't wait. I can't hold it in. I've got to tell somebody. One of the things that, that I think is really important is we learn to trust Jesus because God and Jesus love it when you have those kinds of talks with him. It's called praying. When, you're, when you bring a matter to Jesus, you can be assured of total confidentiality. Um, he's not going to tell, but he's going to do something about what you've talked to him about. So there are two things that every person needs and, and I think that will, will change our whole, um, our whole understanding of life when we apply these things in our life. That is to know God's word, which I left my Bible down on my seat, and to pray. You can, okay, I did bring my Bible today. Hold it up for everyone to see. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. So there's two things that I think are vital, especially if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, or if you're seeking after the things of God, that, that you need to develop a, 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 an understanding of God's word and you need to apply God's word to how you pray. That, that's the most important thing to effective prayer is you bring God's word into your prayer so that you're not just saying, well, God, do this, do that for me. But when you can say, God, this is what your word says about life. This is what your word says about me. I'm going to speak that over my life and I can... I can guarantee you, you'll see things start to shift in the spiritual around your life when you're able to do, apply those two principles. So you can, uh, when, when we're thinking about the Word of God, you can know God's thoughts on, on, the, on everything there is to know when you know what His Word says about life and about you. So God will direct your ways when you ask for His direction. So there's so many directions in life, so many, so many questions we have, so many ways we could go. 
And I think it is really important that when we're praying, we discover that, uh, that we can, God will direct our ways, sorry, when we ask for his directions. And often we go down a direction that's not God's best and then we wonder why we feel lost, lonely, hurt and alone. But it's awkward, maybe you found yourself in this situation, when, when asking for advice and there's a crowd of people around you because you, you might be thinking, I, I just need to know what to do. You can come to church even and say, hey, I've got this issue. I've got a problem. I've got, I've got uh, maybe something I want to invest. And you, and you go to a crowd of people and say, well, what should I do? How, how should I do this? And when, you, when you're going to a crowd for advice, you'll get conflicting information. Someone will say, you've got to do it this way. The very next person you talk to will say, you should never do that. And so you think you get conflicting information. So when it comes down to seeking clarity from God, that's when you need to find some wilderness space or some quiet place to tune into Jesus. I might have said this before recently, but most people that, that I speak to, when, when you're having a conversation, I find that they, uh, they find it very easy to tune into the voices of the devil. The, the sounds of his voice. So he'll be saying, you, you know, you're not good enough. You can't do that. Um, wh- who do you think you are? You, you'll never be free. You, you, you need to, you need to uh, follow you know, my ways and all that stuff. And we find that we're tuned into that frequency so, so well about negativity, about uh, uh, criticism, uh, about uh, s- suspicions and fears. All these things we're tuned in so well to but the Holy Spirit wants us to tune into His voice. And one of the frequencies that we can tap into to, to make that happen easier is to develop a personal prayer time where we speak to God about everything. So Matthew 6 verse 6. It says, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private then your father who sees everything will reward you so there's there's a promise there's an application there's there's a there's a method all in this scripture you go away by yourself shut the door so sometimes we we should not be afraid to be alone sometimes to to be able to speak with god so you know people say to me often i feel so lonely i feel so alone awesome shut the door behind you stay alone and talk to god See, we've got to develop a friendship and a familiarity with Jesus. And that that begins with talking to him. Because Jesus will share your close secrets, your deepest things that you can't even share with anyone else. No confidentiality issues at all. But when you start to say, God, I'm going to treasure this this wilderness time. You know, we, we hate the wilderness. We hate those times of isolation. But there's something, and maybe you're going through one of these times right now, but you need to realize that you can use that for your advantage. You can use that for God to spark something fresh and new and powerful for your future. With no wilderness time, we don't, we don't develop the character and the, the trust and the security that we find in God when there's no one else around to turn to. One of the biggest issues I think we face in life is we've got too many people to turn to who are going to give us conflicting information when we need to be turning to Jesus and, and the wilderness is a great place to find that. 
But prayer is the connect point between you and Jesus. The, the deeper you know him, the more you'll pray. And the more you'll, you'll find there's, there's a, a peace, there's, there's direction and other things come. So a Christian with prayer is a gun full of bullets. A Christian with prayer is, is you've got a weapon in your hand. A Christian with, with, with prayer is a fighter with, with punches and maybe kicks as well. And I preached about this a few weeks ago. You can even bite in prayer. You can kick, punch, scratch, bite because you're, you're going after the devil and, and you don't have to fight fair. You fight dirty. Be nasty. You've got you to get a bit of a mongrel in your praying. You're only hurting the devil. You don't have to be polite. Don't, don't, put the, don't even put the gloves on. You got, you, you, you're a fighter with punches. You're a car with a, with a jet engine. You might think I'm just an ordinary person, but when you, when you learn the art of praying in the wilderness, just you and Jesus with a door closed, then you, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a Tirana with a rocket engine. Who, who remembers what a Tirana is? Showing my age. Now, there is, a, there is a place to pray together. And I love praying together, and I think we need to, we need to have bold, aggressive prayers too when we're together. But there's a special power to those who develop a hab- a, uh, the habit of personal prayer. The habit of personal praying. That's, that's consistent. Uh, it's a consistent devotion to pray um, by yourself, just you and Jesus with no distractions. And I know some people right now, you're probably thinking, how am I ever going to do that in my life? I've got kids, I've got a husband, all those sorts of things. You know, it's great being a husband. Yeah, I've been thinking about it lately. <laughs> it's great being a husband because it, for the wife, it's like another kid, but he doesn't have any of the responsibilities that children have. Think about that. Because I have to do dishes, I have to do chores. Dad just like, hmm. Maybe I've just given, I've just blown my cover. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but for, for, for those of us here who are involved in any kind of ministry, now ministry is whatever you do for Jesus. Wherever you do that. So any kind of ministry we do, it becomes really important. It becomes imperative life source of support, direction, and inspiration that we pray. That we pray according to God's word. So I've got to want to hammer in that. Pray according to God's word. So, so it, it, I think it is really wasted prayers when you're just praying, God, you know, give me a car park. God, you know, I, I, need, I need some new carpet in the house. God, you know, I want us to pray about, about everything. But also, you've got to be saying, you've got to be applying what God's word says into your prayer. Because God never denies his word. God never, dis- he, he never 
He never denies his word. His word is power. It is life. It is, it is, the, it is the, uh, the essence of who God is, is found in his word. And when you're able to say your word says, and you apply that to that situation, then, then there is no comeback from the devil. He has to submit to God's word. Is that making sense there? So I want to give you three results of a, dis- a disciplined prayer routine. Now, I got these three things back probably about 1993 when I was doing a prayer group with, with some, some guys in, in Doncaster, I think, in Melbourne. And God gave me this revelation back, back probably 1993. Um, and we're going to look at the results of uh, a, a few guys in the Bible and the results in their life because they had a routine prayer life. So uh, the first thing you'll see when you start to develop a a consistent prayer routine in your life you can expect to see these three things but the first thing you'll get is you'll start to see vision you'll start to get clarity in life clarity in in things what you know you'll begin to know how to identify the voice of God better because a lot of the time our problem isn't that God's not speaking it's because we can't identify which way he's speaking or what he wants us to do. So we, so we have all the fuzz and all the noise from every other, every other source. We've got our parents' opinion. We've got our friends' opinion. We've got, we've got what we think we're hearing in our head. That's the devil's opinion. We hear all these things fuzzing the, the, the radio waves in our spirits and we need, to, we need to be able to clarify out the fuzz and start honing in on the voice of God how to hear the Holy Spirit. So when we have a consistent devotional prayer time, it helps us to discern and discover how we actually hear the voice of God. So we're going to um, look at some of these things. So there's a man called Cornelius. Who's ever heard of him? He's a Roman officer uh, in the Bible, Acts chapter 10. And I'll I'll give you Acts chapter 10 verse 2 if you're taking notes. It says about him, he was... Uh, he was a devout, God-fearing man. Now, just want to give you something here. He wasn't a Christian yet, but he's a devout person. He's looking for God. He doesn't know who Jesus is yet, but it, it says he's a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, listen to this, and he prayed regularly to God. So he's looking for God. And I'll tell you something. I said this a few weeks ago. There's a lot more people praying to God that that, that aren't technically believers, but they're searching for who God really is. That's where Cornelius comes from. Then it says, one afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision. There comes that word vision, which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius uh, stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now, here's a man who has a daily, a regular time of praying to God, and he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He's never even heard of Jesus, but he's disciplined himself to pray. He's seeking after God. So I want to tell you something. Perhaps you're here today and you're not really convinced about salvation or who Jesus is, but you've been searching and you've been finding yourself praying to God. Well, he wants you to know he knows your name. He said, Cornelius, I'm sending an angel to talk to you. 
And God will bring that kind of a vision. And I think as believers, we can expect to see. And, and um, I, I don't really want to preach the, the doctrine that you're going to see angels turning up in your bedroom. That can be really quite messy. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you. It says in verse 10, verse 9 to 20, it says the next day. So God spoke spoken to Cornelius because he's a, he's a person who has devoted himself to praying. The next day, as Cornelius, uh, so he sends, the, the angel says, go and get Peter. And he's at Joppa. So he, he sends some people to go and get Peter. says, the next day, as Cornelius' messages were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. And it was about noon. And he was hungry, but while... Uh, while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up. Go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Now this all began. God put two men together who were from two different social backgrounds, two, two, um, two backgrounds that really said that they shouldn't associate with each other. And because they were both praying men, God put them together to create a revival to take place. And it all began with, with the prayers of Cornelius he prayed but he didn't even know who Jesus was and then God gave him a vision and sent him to find Peter and as it says the next day Peter was praying and God gives him a vision that changes his direction and it corrects his opinion of non-Jews from this point on Peter moves into a new level of ministry to the Gentiles to the people outside of the Jewish family so without that vision Peter would not want to spend a minute with a Gentile so God took the prayers of these two men from different countries from different backgrounds to start God's plan to save the Gentiles godly vision is clarified in regular disciplined prayer so if you if you're wondering about well I don't not sure about life I'm not sure what what way I should go? Should I take this opportunity here? Should I not take that opportunity? Uh, what doors should I be looking at? What doors should I be knocking on? All those things can be clarified when you have a, a regular devotional prayer time. And I believe it is, it is like the, the, the rockets in the rocket launcher of your spirit. The second thing that we see happens through or the results of a disciplined prayer time is visitation. So the three keys that all start with a V today. A visitation. That's a supernatural encounter with a messenger from heaven. Who would like some of those? Probably too scary for me. We look at the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. It says, but when Daniel learned... So background of the story... Daniel is, is, is in government in Babylon. Who knows Babylon's a very ungodly place? It's totally wicked and evil and anti-God. And somehow or other, Daniel, who's a, a captive, 
He's a, he's a prisoner, a slave. He's dragged to Babylon. They go, we're going to teach you all the things, all the science, all the law, all the religion of Babylon. And he finds himself in a position like, like, a, like, like a bureaucrat in government. And then the, the other, other bureaucrats get jealous of him because he's so good at his job. And they say, well, we've got to take him down. And because he never makes any mistakes, he does everything well, the only way we're going to fault him is because he prays every day. He has a habit of praying. And so they, they, they sign a law, say, you can't pray if you do, you, you, you're going to die. So when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just, ha- just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. So we see here Daniel had a prayer routine, and even when praying scored a death sentence, he went on praying. He just kept doing what he knew he needed to do. So Daniel displays a lifestyle of dependence on God, built from his relationship in prayer. So he's a a great example of of that, that consistent diligence to pray. Daniel 9 verse 3 to 4, it says that, um, he, he turned to pray for his nation. We're going on uh, further from this story. It says that he was praying for his nation. And uh, moving on to chapter 9, verses 20 and 23, it says Gabriel, an angel, was sent to Daniel. And Gabriel you know, sees him and says, The moment you began to pray, that I was sent to come and speak to you. The messenger from heaven to give insight and understanding. And he tells Daniel, you are very precious to God. So when we, when we have that diligent, consistent prayer time, when we pray, we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. He's the ultimate messenger from heaven. He's the one we need to be confiding in and looking for. His voice speaks in so many different ways. So I'm not saying that uh, we, we want visitations of an angelic kind because I think we probably wouldn't be able to handle that and, and probably we'll, we'll find that there, there can be also others who dress as angels of light that are deceptive, but the, the one we need to foster the relationship with in our prayer is a visitation of the Holy Spirit who speaks clearly and quietly to our spirit, but we may not actually see him. So it's through the Holy Spirit we receive insight and understanding and God communicates his love to us. I love it how uh, the, the angel Gabriel says to Daniel, God loves you very much. And sometimes we might be going through the turmoil of life, going through the rigors of, of just living and it can be like, you know, who cares about me? Does anyone care and I know that God does care and God wants you to know. He, he wants you to know that he knows you. He knows your name and he wants you to know he loves you. So in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13, Jesus teaches us about prayer. And he says, ask and keep on asking. And, and he says to fathers, if we know how to give good gifts to our children... How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you might be thinking, well, what's this Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one who brings 
a clarity to our thinking when it comes to spiritual matters. Bring, brings the, the ability to understand God's word and apply that to our situations. All comes from the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, well, you know, ask and keep on asking. And we're thinking, but I've been asking for, for, that, for that car I need. I've been asking and asking and asking, but where's the car coming? But what we need to realize is God's going to speak to you and give you the Holy Spirit, which is more important than the car. The third thing is we see victory comes at every level when we pray. Victory on every level is won when we pray. So David, here's one for you. David didn't fight a spiritual Goliath. I mean, we lo- who loves fighting spiritual Goliaths? Because we go, oh, I'm in a bad battle. I'm in a, in a spiritual battle right now. It's like we have David and Goliath. And, and, and it's easy for us to think like that because we can't actually see the size of the Goliath, really. But David didn't fight a spiritual Goliath. He fought a physical, real, giant Goliath. But David took on a physical opponent with his spiritual faith. And we need to take on spiritual opponents with our spiritual faith. Some of you have real physical enemies. Maybe that's people, but hopefully not. It's more likely sickness or a financial strain or emotional issues. Sometimes these things all combined together can affect our our, our mental health. But they're enemies that you can defeat through disciplined prayer routines in your life. So Jesus said in in, in Luke chapter 11, pray and keep on praying. So interpretation please means pray and keep on praying. Just says keep praying and keep crying out for the Holy Spirit to to be with you and stand with you. Now sometimes we just want to see the answer. We just want to see the wall fall down. We just want to see the giant out of the way. But God's saying, I will stand with you. The Holy Spirit's a comforter, the, the, the one who reveals things to us. But the most important thing is the one who stands alongside you in the in the process of life and you can just say, well, you know what? It doesn't look like what I want to see. It doesn't look like the answer that I wanted to see. But you know what? If I've got the Holy Spirit with me, I can walk through this. I can get through the other side and God is going to be with me and, and see something good come out of all this. Prayer will win the battle in the spiritual that controls our physical. You know, we all... I wouldn't say all, but I know I do. You say, you know, you, I think there's a spirit that comes on me called the spirit of the, the shop steward. If you don't know what a shop steward is, it's a union activist, which I had a short time in my life of being one. And sometimes you think, you see things, you think, well, I know what, we'll protest. We'll withdraw labor. They do, people do that in church all the time. Don't like a decision? We're withdrawing labour. They go on strike, spiritual strike. They, they don't stand out the front with placards and, 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 and all that, but it's almost the same. But we, we, we've got to turn off the inner shop steward in us or the union activist and start saying, I'm going to be a spiritual activist and I'm going to pray about these things and I'm going to believe God even though I don't understand a decision, even though it may seem crazy or, or illogical to me. You've got to start turning off the shop steward and turning on the spiritual steward. 
Oh, that, that wasn't very popular. <laughs> but personal prayer that brings what concerns you to God's attention. Because God is interested in what concerns you. And you've got to bring it to God's attention. And then you'll see, because sometimes the things that concern us, it's not about them. I shouldn't use these kind of metaphors, but it's not about them, because sometimes God's wanting to deal with you. And we say, God, change them. God, if only they'll see. They're nincompoops. They're stupid. What are they making those decisions for? God, you know, and God's saying, hang on. I want to deal with you. And that's, that's the, 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 the power of a, of a personal prayer life is you saying, God, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I think, but you know what? You deal with me through this situation. And then you'll find yourself growing, you'll find yourself seeing victories all around you because you're, you're no longer wanting God to manipulate the life of others, but you're saying, God, will you deal with me? So God's attention will be on you when you have a consistent and persistent prayer. So I'll give you some final advice this morning. James 5 verse 16. It says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's in the New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 1 Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. So what I'm saying to you this morning, I'm applying what the Word of God says about people who pray. It says that when you pray, God's attention will be upon you. That's the type of victory that you need to live in. It comes when you use spiritual means to fight physical obstacles. So let's, let's uh, consider the things in our life and look at the, the obstacles that are in the way. And we might think it's just physical. You might be thinking, well, I can't find a job. That's a physical obstacle. You might think, well, I've had issues in relationships. They're, they're physical things. They're, they're things that are tangible in our life. But God's saying, if you'll bring those things to me, then there'll be a, a spiritual solution, a spiritual way forward, which brings victory through every other part of your life. That's the type of victory you need to live in. It comes when you use spiritual means to fight physical obstacles. So a prayer routine is a good thing to develop. It brings vision, which is direction, and it corrects your course. It brings correction to your course visitation number two the holy spirit insight and understanding where you receive from the holy spirit where you have the comfort of the holy spirit where you where you have the the uh enlightenment of the holy spirit in the situation so you say you know what i know what i should do now you have that holy spirit visitation with you and the third thing is the victory a physical victory using spiritual methods and that's what we always should be aiming for so consistent prayer brings reward to those who will pray we're going to have some application right now and what I believe we, we need to 
decide upon this morning is to establish a prayer routine in our day. Now, that's going to be different for every single person. You know, a biblical thing that Daniel did, it says he prayed three times a day. That might be a bit extreme, but I don't think for any Christian to say, well, I don't really pray. Oh, some people say, oh, well, I'm just, I just pray all the time. That's okay. But you know, when you're praying all the time, you could be praying and it's always being interrupted. You know, if, if oh, I haven't got my, haven't got my phone on me, but, uh, oh, I feel naked. But you know, you know what I mean? This is what it's like. This is what, what, what people who say that, well, I just pray all the time. That's a good thing if you think I'm just always talking to God. But you know what it's like saying, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Next. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, gee, you know, I've been asking God for, for, for clarity on stuff, and I'm praying all the time. But and oh hi, yeah, okay. What was that? So we 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 distract ourselves when when we do that. And you know, you all hate it. You know, I mean, Pauline always kicks me under the table when I'm talking to him. I'm like. Just got to check. Just got to check how many likes on that last one. You think I'm joking? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not knocking people if they say they pray all day long. But I'm probably pretty sure to say it's distracted like just like that. So what we, what we need to develop is a time where we say, wife, please, I just need some space. I need... I'm helping you out, boys. But you, you see, you, yeah, and wives, you need to say, I need some space from the kids even. So husbands, help your wives. Say, I'll, I'll deal with the kids right now. If you need to spend half an hour today, that's a good start. 20 minutes, five minutes. And you know what? It... it it's hard to develop a consistent prayer time. People go, you know, oh, you know, we wonder why we, we, it's like we've got no power. It's like we, we've, got a, we've got the gun in our hand, but there's no darn ammo in it. It's like you're getting charged by a bull and you're going click, click, click. He's not going to be scared. Like we get charged by the bulls of doubt. We get charged by the bulls of oppression. We get charged by the bulls of lack. We get charged by the bulls of broken down relationships. And we've got like an AK-47 going click, 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 click. What you want is a 500 Nitro Express, just two barrels that are loaded and just go boom, 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 boom. Wouldn't you con? Yeah. But I want you to plan to establish a prayer routine in your day. Because some of us need a breakthrough right now to be able, just to be able to pray. You need a breakthrough just to see that happen. Why don't you just close your eyes with me this morning and bow your heads. I want you to think about it for a moment. What can I change to bring this into my world, bring this into my life? Now, this is not a condemnation thing. This is not, this is not a, a tell-off time. But it's an instruction time that can change the whole destiny for your future. So think about it.
I want to tell you, some things are only going to change in your life with a spiritual breakthrough. And it's not going to come from, from me counseling you. It's not going to come from, from uh, going to some other place to get the, the best advice. It's not going to come from, from other sources. God wants to get you to rely upon Him and His Word and His power that is released through the prayers that you pray. I'm going to pray this today for God to do something in your, in your life that your spirit may be revived, that your heart may be switched on so that you can start taking steps of a disciplined prayer routine in your life. Perhaps if God's spoken to you about that, you know, I don't want to use the word convicted you so much, but maybe just inspired you today to say, God, I, I want to go on a journey, a faith journey with One Heart Church. And I want to pray like I've never experienced before. If that's you, right across this place, no one looking around, you can just raise your hand and say, oh, I want to, I want to make a commitment in my life to, to be a prayer. His hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because God's going to see those prayers. God's going to combine those prayers. And we're going to see mighty things happening in and around our lives, in and around our church. Don't be distracted. Don't be put off. God wants you to be wise in every part of your life. And that also means in our prayer life, in our spiritual warfare, I want to see your life impacted, seeing new vision, new victories in every part of your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, church. And um, I want to hear the stories of what God's doing in your life through your prayers. God bless you.